Hey there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special bonus edition of Facts on Facts on Facts. You know you want more. You always want more. Yeah. And by and you, we want more. Yeah, we want more. Because <laughs> it's really, it's the same thing. It's yeah. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we wanted to just record to remark on the happenings this past weekend with the, the Women's March across the country, across the globe, really. Globe. And do another special, do a little special segment that we want to keep going. This is volume one. What's our segment, Liz? Uh, let, let's, let's save it. I want to like okay. make right. people excited about it. Oh. What's, it's a mystery Ooh. with a great name. <laughs> What's that name? <laughs> I hope they tell us at the end. Oh, we will. We will <laughs> tell you audience. <laughs> okay. So, okay. First things first, uh, Liz went to a rally, um, last week. That I did. And she's uh, going to tell uh, us all about it. And here I go. <laughs> um, on Thursday night, I went to the Rally to Save Row, which was uh, primarily put together by the National Council of Jewish Women LA, and it had about 30,000 other sponsors. Uh, there was some really great uh, people that were putting the event together. We had great speakers. Um, and our guest from our last podcast, Diana, she was there and her fiance. They're both amazing badasses and it was great for them to be there. Um, both of them said it was like their first rally that they had been to. And so they were, you know, really excited to see what was happening. And then they ended up going to the women's March as well, which we'll cover in a couple of minutes. So <laughs> what was really great is that, I mean, immediately, it was, of course, wonderful to feel like you're actually doing something. And I think even just by leaving the house, by making a sign, by going to listen and to just be present, it was really healing to a lot of the pain that I had been feeling uh, since the election and that I know other people have been feeling as well. Um, I got to be featured on their Facebook Live video for a couple of seconds, which was Looking really hilarious. Cute. I look like a potato, but that's okay. Okay. I keep telling her she's like a hot potato. (laughs) A a hot potato. Hot potato. (laughs) They just asked me why I was there, and I said I was there to stand up for women's rights. Uh, They asked what I would say to Congress, and I said I would just say, please respect us as human beings. Um, The overall point of it was obviously to talk about the importance of uh, reproductive justice rights but it was it you know it did go more than that i felt like the event um was fairly intersectional although one thing that i always have to say is that we have to be really really careful with the language that we use when talking about abortions we can't just say this is this is just for women uh because women aren't the only people who can get pregnant not all women can get pregnant etc um but probably the best thing was that after the rally they had an educational segment so like for an hour they got people together to give two classes it was either like organizing 101 or like 201 so if you were already more active then you can go to the uh to the group that taught you more in-depth things like how to like beyond just being involved what are some like great what are like some good strategies going forward but 101 was more about like, hey, what are some easy things you can do to get into it? And how can we connect you to 
nonprofit groups that you should be helping out with. So I really enjoyed it. It was great. It's great. I feel like the second part was really helpful, especially because, you know, after you go there, you're kind of thinking like, okay, but what do I do now? And so I like that that group and then others have been putting out action plans to help people um, go with the momentum that they're already feeling. Yeah, the Women's March did the same thing. Yeah. Um, This week they sent out. Um, an action plan for well this is this is the first action of a hundred day action plan yeah they're sending out just so you can keep being an activist it doesn't just end when the rally or the march ends so exactly to try your best to continue and delve deeper cool same Okay. And then, and then the women's march this past weekend. A whole other ball game, dude. I didn't think there were gonna be that many people there. No, me neither. Oh my god. Okay. Well, for anybody who wasn't there, it was fucking packed, y'all. And we were at the LA one, and you know when the Facebook group says about a hundred thousand people said they're going to be there. I was like, okay, but people just click yes when they're not really going to go. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Figured if we got 10,000, that would be great. (laughs) And, (laughs) and instead it was like, it felt like the entire fucking city of LA was all out there at once. It was incredible. Yeah, it was really moving to see everybody come together. And it wasn't just women there. Um, it was, you know, it was their children. It was, you know, their spouses or their, or their husbands. And they were, uh, they were the, the LGBTQ community came out to represent. It was really nice because I guess there's an, I mean, there's an understanding that it affects us all. Hopefully, right. I'm, hope, I'm hoping that they were there because they understand that it affects us all. Um. That sounds accurate. Yeah, it was it was like, OK, I'm just going to I'm not fit. I'm not in shape. It was a long ass walk for me. My dumb ass decided I was going to park a mile away from the actual March start. So I had to walk a mile to the site. And then it's like it's, it was cold outside. But then everybody's all packed in like sardines, like you can't move. So it got super hot. And Liz and I. We could not find each other. We couldn't move to find each other. Yeah. (laughs) It took me about 30 minutes to move probably 10 feet just because of how packed in the entire street was and streets and streets of people packed in. Yeah. Yeah, It it was so, they were, yeah, there were so many people that just like in the DC March, there couldn't be an actual March like using the the route that they had originally put together because there were just that many people from where the site was supposed to begin to where it was supposed to end. Yeah. It was so awesome to see a little uncomfortable to experience literally because <laughs> yeah. we're just all up on everybody. But Oh yeah. Like I'm I'm crunched up next to people and it's like 10:30 and people are like walking out they're like I got appointments. I can't be standing <laughs> here all day waiting for the march. It's like how are you going to show up? to a damn march and be like I can't deal with this I have a limited (laughs) schedule (laughs) like you are so damn important don't come to be here come here to be an activist and then try to be an activist between like two hours you know like LA though it is LA that's true (laughs) I I, 
<laughs> yeah, I got I got it when people like who had kids took their kids home because they were crying and, you know, they were upset. It was really like the space was really tight and the parents were getting mm. upset. So I get that. But like, you can't just be like, oh, I need to get my nails did. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't America. see anybody leave. Really? Yeah. Maybe I was just too far in. I think so. You were in the super pack <laughs> section. Yeah. It was, it was tits to back to shoulders to there was there was no space. Yeah. Like you couldn't even fall down because. <laughs> yeah, there, there would have been somebody there helping you up or holding you up. And yeah, I don't think they were, wanted to be yeah. there. No, we up. were all being held up collectively by the <laughs> shoulders around us. <laughs> Liz and I couldn't see each other because well, no. I'm five two, so. <laughs> Even if she was holding up her sign, like everyone around me was like five, eight and up. I was like, I'm just not going to see this guy. This, this is, is what, what I was worried like. about. Because I was like, I can't see her. I, like, I, I wouldn't be able to see you. I could barely see around me anyway. But I was like, I, I can't like. <laughs> it was bad. We were like two feet away from each other for like yeah, an hour and a half. Yeah, that's the crazy part that we were, that we ended up being so close to one another. And then we just couldn't, we couldn't find each other. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> we had matching signs, which was very cute. Yes. What did your sign say? Uh, my sign said a woman's place is in the revolution. I forgot what mine said. <laughs> Hold on. Let me look at the picture. <laughs> I know it says we are not assured justice without a fight. I just want to verify that that's what it is. It's an Angela Davis quote because she's my new bae. Well, she's my old bae, but I'm getting re- reacquainted with bae, you know? Oh. Old Bay is new again. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go back. Yeah. We are never assured of justice without a fight. And I want that to be my new mantra because sometimes, sometimes it's hard to, to get up the will to fight when, I don't know, when you, when you feel so discouraged and like, I know we're going to talk about this later in our segment, but everything that's happening, all the executive orders that are being signed, it's just like a punch in the face and it can be really discouraging. Because this isn't just, oh, well, you know, this is he just doesn't support our political values. He doesn't support human values. And that's really scary yeah. because yeah. a lot of not a lot of Americans, a lot of Americans do. Obviously, we saw that this weekend. But there's a section of America that doesn't care about anyone else enough to to consider their perspective. And yeah. Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about us enough to consider our perspective so it's uh it's hard to keep going already and i just started i can't imagine how like real activists feel because i'm like i'm like the baby activist now i just started you know yeah i'm the same yeah i can't imagine how our friends who are actual activists feel at this point my my silver lining uh, as I'm getting more news alerts on my phone, as I'm reading the news, as I'm, you know, digesting all of these horrible things that are already happening, what I just keep going back to is how it felt to be at the march and to see millions of people, millions, to see hundreds of thousands of people, possibly a million, we don't know, but like to see, uh, you know, but around the world it was millions. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not speaking well. The point is that it was such a gigantic number of people that were there and really and it really felt like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one feeling this way, that there's a whole bunch of people around to support me who I can, you know, 
it it just it it feels good to know that it i guess again blah 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 sorry anybody who's listening to this it's a, it's been a long day you can't say <laughs> blah 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 on the podcast liz people are literally listening to hear you talk not say blah I can blah say blah. what i want oh i can put as much filter as i want the point is <laughs> It feels good to not be alone. That was what I was trying to get to. <laughs> that there is a whole bunch of shit rolling down, shit mountain, but at least we're building a levee together. I like that. I <laughs> that. And you know what? It was really nice to do this with you because yes! I not only are we we're kind of like podcast wives, but oh. it's um girl, you know I'm your wifey. <laughs> <laughs> But it was also nice to walk side by side with someone who's not a person of color and know that I feel safe with them. I've been wanting to be active, but I've always been really scared because I didn't want to be the only black person there. I didn't know if the people I, I, I didn't want to be around people that I didn't know felt the same way I did or if they didn't not necessarily experience the same things I did. I'm not expecting that, but at least have respect and knowledge of the black perspective. And I. I felt that from you and it was really nice to just, I felt like I belonged and I felt like if anything happened, not to say that you would like shank somebody for me, but just like if we got (laughs) an altercation with someone who was treating me differently because I'm not, I don't fit into a box of what they perceive to be feminism, that we'd be able to shout them down together. And I dug that shit. I really wanted to break into song right now, but I couldn't think of an appropriate one off the top of my head. I don't know. I can't give you one. I and think you know, I'm always tired. I'm always trying to sing Ebony and Ivory about us and you always tell me no. Yeah, and I, I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. It's honestly the only correct response. Okay. okay. <laughs> but I, I can't try. I can't tell you not to do that anymore because I've been wanting Chris and I to dress up as Hall and Oates for like three years and I might have to ask you to do it. I might have to ask you to do it. Yes. Yes. You said, she said yes, guys. She said yes. I do. I do. All right. I'm so for real, Liz. I'll, I'll do it. Yay. All right. And then we can do Simon and Garfunkel the next year. Hello, darkness. I'm your friend. (laughs) Can that be your t shirt? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it can. (laughs) This is an amazing podcast. Okay. So, (laughs) on the not what we're talking about right now, but right what we were talking about, uh, that segues nicely into what we wanted to cover, which was some of the valid criticisms of the Women's March. Right. Take it away, Jazzy. <laughs> well, I did have some criticisms where it's, you know what? Honestly, there's so, I, I'm conflicted because I was just happy to see everybody show up and, yeah. and be there. But the, the underlying conflict I have with myself is that I know that most of the people there aren't going to show up to like a Black Lives Matter march. Right. You know, like I'm looking at these people. And I'm like, if this was for anything else, I don't think you'd be here. You know, right. if this was marching against maybe against the border, I think they'd be there. But this if we were if I asked you to go to a march or rally with me about a black life that was lost, I don't think the majority of the people would be there. You know what? Yeah. I don't know anymore. 
I don't know, Liz. That's the thing. Like, I feel I want to be defensive and be like, where were you when we needed you? But fuck, where was I? Where was I defending my own people? You know, I was talking on Facebook. I was trying to I was giving money, but I wasn't marching. I wasn't being an actual activist. So I I know this is not exactly what you wanted to talk no, about. I, but I it's wanted, just, I wanted to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I I just I can't I'm trying not to judge because I know that activists, black, white, whatever, are judging me, too, because I'm a newbie. So I'm just trying to be as objective as possible before I say, you don't you don't know how it feels to be an activist here and be black. You don't know how it feels to be here and be like, yeah, you guys are cool with me being a feminist as long as I look like you or talk like you. If my Mm -hmm. feminism is something different then I feel like you just reject it, you know? Or if you don't consider being black and female and being strong as a part of feminism, right? then we'll have a problem. But I didn't, get, I, didn't, I didn't get that from the people that we interacted with, but there were a lot of other people of color there. Not, yeah. You know, yeah. so it was a little different. LA is different. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I thought of when I when I first saw a lot of the criticism popping up about um, how about the intersectionality of race. My first thought was like, oh, I didn't really get that. But then I was like, wait, well, first of all, I'm white, so I'm much less likely to notice if there was a serious problem. I was like, and number two, we're in L.A., which has yeah. a lot of racial diversity. So, of course, the the crowd that we marched with is different from the crowd's in other places. Yeah. Cause I, I felt right at home. I think it would yeah. be a little different if I was marching in DC or Baston or, yes. <laughs> or Chicago. <laughs> it, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw like a really great long Twitter thread from an indigenous woman who talked about uh, the bad interactions with white women at the women's March, um, which is just, you know, what you would expect that, there were women there who didn't understand her regalia who were like, Oh, we're all Indians today. <laughs> and we're essentially just, yeah. So, it, which is not, which is not surprising, you know? So it's, again, it's another reminder that as a white feminist, I need to be speaking up to other white feminists and reminding them uh, that we be trifling <laughs> and need to, <laughs> need to be quiet and shut the fuck up sometimes and be respectful and understand that our experiences um, aren't the full picture. And I think what's really valid is, is the point that a lot of people brought up. You know, people have been saying, oh, it's great. There were zero arrests from the women's march. And it's like, well, fucking yeah. duh. Of course there were zero arrests. Uh, the, like the supposed face of the march was white women and yeah. white women are so much less likely to get arrested if it was you know 3 million strong people around the world marching for black lives matter there would have been a whole lot of arrests yeah and you know that's i'm glad you brought that up because that was one point that i did i did want to speak on because i know a part of why i didn't feel safe being an activist is because other women of black women let's be let's be specific other black women i saw being activists were being arrested they were being tackled by right. police they were being you right. know maced in the face and it's like i don't i don't want to to go through that i don't want to feel i don't want to have to go through that just to show up and do a peaceful protest and the juxtaposition of the protests for black lives black lives matter and and what we did saturday it's just <laughs> 
it, it, it was a little that was a little disheartening, too, where it's like, I'm yeah. so glad I got to do that. But I had a white protection, <laughs> you know, Hello. I had, yeah, well, not, not just you, but <laughs> and, 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 and the thousands of other white people. <laughs> yeah, I was a, I felt protected and I felt safe. I think that maybe if we show that that we're united in all areas, not just the women's march, but um, excuse me. But in Black Lives Matter, and um, we're probably going to have to protest the wall uh, at some point, because that might be an executive order, or the uh, Muslim registry, that might be an executive order. So if as long as we can be together for those issues, too, I'm down. Yeah. Be down with the brown, you know? <laughs> I almost said that I was in fact down with the brown and then I said maybe I shouldn't say that mm. no <laughs> well you are because your husband is not exactly pale so <laughs> you know he's paler than I would like <laughs> <laughs> we all know that if you guys listen to the other podcasts you already know what we're talking about so I'm just just in case Jose walks in while we're recording <laughs> We Hello. Got it. <laughs> he's, always, he's always putting our arms together and being like, look how wide I am. I'm the same color as you. And I'm like, okay, no, you're not. <laughs> Very few people are as white as me, but uh, yeah. keep, keep that dream alive, buddy. Liz and I actually have the same problem with foundation, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> she can't find one light enough. And I, no. have, I have trouble finding one dark enough or one that's not like black. Like it goes from yeah. medium Beyonce to black of black. I have to buy what is literally just white like what is normally Halloween foundation to mix in with the palest that I can get from like a regular brand. And, um, it's, it is true. What it should not be that way for anybody, but it's also very surprising. <laughs> you should try. Have you tried NARS? I know this has nothing to do with fucking protests, but I'm, this is my friend. I'm talking to her about makeup. So, <laughs> I've, I've been I've been color matched at Sephora and there's a couple brands that get very close to being as pale as I need them to be. So if I if I feel like spending $60 on a foundation, then I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that now. And it lasts me a while because I don't wear that much makeup. But like I go to I get NARS now because they have the perfect shade for me and it's like 42 bucks. Oh. And then um, Anastasia of Beverly Hills. They have the perfect yes. shape for me too. Girl, I love that oh. line. Mm. I love them. Their eyeshadows are butter. Oh. Blend like magic. I have one of their contour kits. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah. so I okay. feel like okay, we should wait, have okay. a... All right, we got to get on point, but we should have a makeup <laughs> party. <laughs> makeup butter. Um, <laughs> I, had, I, I had something that I wanted to talk about for the criticism of the Women's March. <laughs> Sorry. That I feel is an important and salient comment. <laughs> so uh, besides talking about intersectionality of race, um, I think that overall, I mean, it, I think it's true that overall there needed, there needs to be strong intersectionality at the marches and at the hopeful movement that this will spark. Um, that's something that I'm, you know, hoping for, I'm going to fight for overall, you know, I, like one thing that I thought of, especially in LA, the route was not friendly to people with mobility issues. 
so that would have been very difficult. Like there were people there who were in wheelchairs or who had other mobility devices, but it's like, ha ha, you got to go up uphill. <laughs> Fuck you. And then all these stairs. I mean, LA just isn't friendly enough for that. That's not actually what I want to talk about. <laughs> what I wanted to say is, is that there were a lot of signs, uh, not just at the LA one, but around the world that made the mistake of equating genitalia and gender. And if at a women's march, we aren't being inclusive to trans women who are women and need to be respected as such and acknowledged as such by, you know, people who are trying to fight for their own rights, we need to care about, you know, as a cis woman, we need to care about our trans sisters and our trans brothers. And so that is something that was a huge mistake. I understand um, the impulse. (laughs) And especially after Donald Trump's pussy grabbing comments, uh, I think that sparked a lot of people to want to, uh, you know, reclaim (laughs) their vagina. Yeah. But there's a big difference between you know, being proud of your genitalia, not having something wrong with it and equating that automatically with gender. That's true. I think that's a tough one because I kind of felt the same way where it's like my vag is my own and I'm going to put it on a sign and walk around with it. You know, like I get I get that part of it, but I think you're right. Equating it with what what female is or what being a woman is, is it's not the case yeah, you know? it's fine to say, like, I'm proud of my vagina, but you don't have yeah. to say vagina power is woman power <laughs> or something stupid like that. Because it's like not all women have vaginas. <laughs> OK, but who says vagina power is woman power? I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> I forget exactly what it was, but there were some signs that were essentially <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Vagina power is women power. When did you turn into <laughs> Professor McGonagall? <laughs> Where she, she come from? I, that, that was my impression of Professor McGonagall doing a very bad uh, vagina monologue. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very bad because it wasn't inclusive of trans identities. <laughs> Also, because for some reason, her accent was really fucked up. Did you notice that? (laughs) What's going on? It's late to listeners. It is. It's a little, it's creeping up on our bedtime right now. So yeah, we can get a little loopy. Remember the last time we recorded this late? Oh my God. All the mistakes we have in our past. Yeah. Uh, Okay. We don't have that many episodes though. No. Sad. Um, so the point there's us going over some of the valid critiques. There's plenty more out there. I think uh, Francesca Ramsey did a great uh, tie-in of some of the more important critiques. And of course, we will continue to critique as it goes on if it does indeed become a movement, which I think it has the potential to do. Yep. Oh, I have a question. So a mutual friend of ours, well, well she's a mutual friend now posted a question <laughs> about selfies at, and it was a genuine question. She wasn't trying to be condescending. She was like, how do you feel about selfies at rallies and protests? Yeah. And I, I wanted to know how you felt about it. I see both sides of the comments that happened in that 
uh, Facebook posts. Some people were saying, okay, most people were saying that it can way too easily fall into like a performative kind of thing where it's like, hey, here I am at the rally. Like, uh, so essentially tying it in with white feminism. Um, and then other people were saying, hey, I just believe in the power of selfies in general. I think that they're an important tool, especially in a society that would have us feel bad about ourselves. Yeah, I dug that. I can I can see both parts because I am a huge selfie taker. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think thank you for not calling me out for how much of an understatement that is. Oh. And I, <laughs> And I did attempt to take a couple selfies at the rally, but they didn't turn out good. So fuck it. Also, Um, I know I see you didn't use the picture I took of you. I try really hard, Liz. And you did a great job. But I mean, and but this goes into the whole discussion is I felt weird about posting a picture of myself at the rally. It did feel kind of weird of like, oh, I don't want to be like hey, look at me. I was there. Like, it's enough for me to just have it in text. I don't know. I, I, I understand the discussion. You know, I don't think it's inherently bad, mm-hmm. especially, you know, because some people traveled a long distance and they want to, you know, you want to take your selfies when you've done a lot of work to get there. So, you know, it, I think I think it's uh, it's it's not a one size fits all answer. Yeah, I was I don't know. I was I was kind of rubbed the wrong way. It was like, well, if this is how they for me, I I wanted to be an activist because I saw other women of color doing it. If I didn't see them there, I don't think I would feel like I had a place. So, yeah, I took I, I love the picture of me there because I want my sister you to see that. So amazing. <laughs> you took that picture. You know how to make people look amazing, Liz. I'm telling you, you got the I... magic touch. But the point, you look so badass. It is my favorite picture of you of all time. Thank you. I'm fucking obsessed. I'm sorry. Keep talking. Keep talking. (laughs) No, I love it because I want my sister to see that. I want my brother to see that. I want other women, black women my age to see that and say like, hey, you belong in the movement too. You should be here. You matter. You know, I matter. You matter. And that's why I wanted my picture there. Not to say that every picture should have me in it. I think that's, that's kind of counterproductive. But to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I showed up for you. I showed up for my people and I showed up for women. I showed up for trans people. I showed up for for children. I showed up for anyone that feels marginalized by this presidency. I I showed up for everyone and I care about everyone and I'm here for you. I wanted them to see my face. I I might not take any more selfies. I just wanted to make it a point that I'm not here to fuck with you. (laughs) I'm not here for your shit. And this is what I do now. This is what I, this is how I fight now. So that was it. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Not to say that you should be, and again, don't be in every goddamn picture. We want to see everybody else's there too. We want to see how you're being active, like where you are, like what, what's going on. But if you want to be like, yo, I showed up, fuck you. I don't give a damn. <laughs> Take your selfie. There's a balance. You yeah, know, that's true. It's like, if, as long as, uh, the most important part of your day wasn't getting a good picture there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Then I, then I think it's fine. Like if, if you only did it because you wanted a great profile picture and you wanted like brownie points on social media, that's an issue. But I don't think a lot of people were like that. No, there I, could, yeah. there could be some people. It sounds like an LA thing. <laughs> it, yeah. But, 
Look, I, let me tell you i don't know if, how you missed it but people did show up just to take pictures like they took a picture of their signs they took the picture of their kids there they did a little video of everybody chanting while we were waiting to march and then like 30 minutes later they left oh my god yeah I'm not, i shouldn't be surprised <laughs> so it did happen i can't say it didn't happen all right. I, th- I think we could all agree that is um, not what you would want from the people who showed up. No. That's whack uh, as fuck. That's disappointing. Yeah. To say it all eloquently, right. yes. Disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So just to, we, we, wanted, we wanted to keep this episode short. We wanted it to mostly be like a quick update on some important stuff that happened, like the activism um, I feel like we're getting longer than we wanted to, but it's okay. Oh no, we're good. <laughs> oh really? Oh well, we have like fifteen minutes, so that never happens. I know we're usually way over, so you're welcome. Us talking about not being over is wasting more time. So fuck, <laughs> look at that. Fuck, fuck. Here we go. Right, so <laughs> we have a new segment that we're gonna introduce. Whoop whoop. And what is it called, Jasmine? It's called White Devil Watch. White Devil Watch. This is obviously going to be a segment in which we talk about the fucked up bullshit that Donald Trump has been doing lately. Yeah. So we have a long ass list and we can't really get into it now. We'll get into it more in depth on the next like real podcast. You know, when we talk for two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for this one, we uh, Liz is just going to list the bullshit that the uh, white devil executive ordered. <laughs> did I just say that everybody's talking yes. about, oh, Obama did so many executive orders. This yes. is just communism, blah, blah, yes. blah. This nigga wall rolled up like day, day two and was like executive <laughs> order number one, executive order number two, number three, number four. Like you just got here. Can you slow down a little bit? Oh my God, before we recorded, I wanted to Google it and research and be like, has any other president ever done 10 in their first two, three days? It's outrageous. But it's because he know he he's already getting used to the power of saying, yeah. I don't give a fuck what you say. It's my way of the highway. I want this. Go fuck yourself. Oh, you don't got to vote on this. This is me. I mm. got it. I feel like we can finally uh, fully side eye the people who have been like, oh, he'll be presidential eventually. Like those were all just campaign mm-hmm. promises. You can not like say votes. He doesn't really mean it. And he's like, nah, I fucking meant it. I fucking meant it. I fucking meant it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what did he fucking mean? Uh, I compiled a list. Hopefully none of them I wrote down twice, but who knows? <laughs> So we don't yet, yeah, like you said, we don't have time to get into it. But, you know, one one thing that I thought of was while I've seen a lot more people get more vocal on social media about this, uh, there are still it still comes down to like maybe two or three stories that people are sharing. Uh, people aren't really getting into every single thing. And so I'm, I tried to be as comprehensive as I could. The problem is stories are coming out every five minutes. So. Oh, my God. There was just one today. Just one. Well, I mean, there were like two today, actually. Multiple ones today. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I'm interrupting. (laughs) So uh, I don't think that I added very much today. So you can actually talk about that when I'm when I finish going over these. Okay. All right. So uh, he withdrew the United States from the Trans-Pacific Partnership. He reinstated the so-called Mexico City policy 
which bans federal money from going to foreign nonprofits which promote or perform abortions. He ordered a freeze on federal hiring other than for military, public safety, and public health jobs. He reversed a planned cut on mortgage insurance for many first-time home buyers. He ordered executive branch agencies to begin preparing for the repeal of the ACA. He formally submitted his cabinet nominations. Um, my funny moment is when he was signing the one for Betsy DeVos. He goes like, oh, yeah. ah, Betsy, education, right? Which I've been laughing about for five days. Uh, I'm sure she <laughs> asks herself that when she wakes up. Education, right? That's what, I'm, that's what right? I'm doing. Yeah. All right. I'll go with that. <laughs> He spoke with uh, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu by phone. Um, he brought up that he wants to move the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, but he's like, eh, boo, this won't happen immediately. He visited the CIA and held a press conference there. Uh, you've probably heard a lot about this story. Oh. <laughs> This is where he talked about uh, how his crowds were bigger than the media was saying that they were. And uh, also worth noting, he um, got the nuclear codes. Yay. I feel so great about that. So excited. <laughs> also worth noting, uh, if you listen to the audio or see the video, obviously there's a lot of applause lines. The C people in the CIA are saying that wasn't us applauding. Those are like people that he brought with him. Really? Uh, yeah, the hype team. They're like, they're like, why the fuck would we be <sighs> applauding at this at these moments? It's like, well, true, they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> it was his hype man. So, well, he uh, he made plans to meet with the British PM Theresa May, um, and I think he's going to be meeting with her on Friday. That's his first meeting with a foreign official. He's also setting up a meeting with Justin Trudeau and the Mexican president. Uh, so obviously at that point, they're going to be talking about the North American trade alliance. Uh, then, sorry, now I have to, now I have to read ahead. Uh, Trump's nominee for CIA director, because this isn't directly Trump, but I still counting it. His nominee for the CIA director, uh, Pompeo, contradicted his earlier testimony and said that he was open to revisiting limits on interrogation techniques, including waterboarding. Yay. Uh, back to Trump. <laughs> he, <laughs> he put out uh, another executive order that was uh, to that was more towards um limiting the Affordable Care Act. He got the official okay from the Justice Department to hire his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. He, uh, oh yeah, this was nice. <laughs> Quote, raise, uh, he raised the specter of another conflict in Iraq uh, and expressed regret for not taking over the country's oil. He said to the CIA, quote, we should have kept the oil. Maybe we'll have another chance. Yeah. That, okay, we can't get into it. I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> Um, what's the next one? Oh, yeah. Uh, signaled a shift in the Justice Department's civil rights efforts when it requested a delay in the lawsuit over a Texas law requiring voters to present certain types of government-issued IDs. He told the National Park Service not to tweet <laughs> after it uh, retweeted the pictures of the side-by-side -side comparison between Obama's first inauguration and his... And then he basically put a, a, a gag order on several other agencies besides the Park Service, letting like saying to them, 
don't put out any press releases, don't speak to the public. <laughs> and he uh, faced his first national disaster as a president because they were deadly tornadoes in Georgia. Uh, he is going to push through Dapple again. Okay, yeah, I was uh, going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my last note, no, two more notes, sorry. Uh, I want to point out that there were four journalists who were arrested covering his inauguration and are charged with felony riots. So that's fucking horrible. <laughs> and the House today, this is not quite white double watch, but it's white double watch adjacent. The House today passed uh, H.R. 7, which would make the Hyde Amendment permanent, which is a huge blow to reproductive rights. I think I covered everything from about 72 hours. Well, <laughs> earlier. Well, it wasn't even earlier. On the way home. Yeah. Trump tweeted that hold up i want to find this tweet sorry i'm gonna it's just gonna be some i don't want finding it can we talk about why the fuck is he still tweeting from his personal account okay like i don't know i i think it's because maybe it's a security measure you know maybe they don't maybe they don't want him to tweet from the (laughs) potus account i don't blame him oh here's a tweet Three hours Maybe he's ago. just logged into both on his phone and he keeps forgetting which one he's uh, tweeting from. Oh, God. Whatever, man. <laughs> I wish he would just stop altogether. Because this is how he feels that he can govern the country, is by tweeting. What the fuck is this? So anyway, three hours ago, he tweeted, if Chicago doesn't fix the horrible, quote unquote, carnage going on, 228 shootings in 2017 and 42 killings, up to 24, up 24% from 2016, I will send in the feds. And a follow-up to that was his his praising of the stop and frisk and how that's going to help, and how and how bringing stop and frisk to Chicago would help save uh, black and Africa uh, black and uh, Latino lives. That was that was his defense of it. It's really good for you if we keep you locked up. It's really good for you if we charge you with with possession for no damn reason it's really good for you if we have a legal reason to stop you for no fucking reason and abuse you like that that pissed me off because i have a i don't want to get too personal with this but to i have family how, going how through the fucking not, though? i have family going through the fucking justice system right now and to think yeah. that there's nowhere for them to be safe already and you're just making it less and less safe, safe for them to just fucking exist. Like that pisses me off. It scares me, but it pisses me the fuck off. And I, the fact that I have people, family, friends, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, agreeing with it and saying that this is the right way to go. You can go fuck yourself with that shit, too. Like, I'm done. Don't tell me that it's OK to put my people in jail and to and to and to section them off from the rest of society, society because you feel that they're criminals. Criminal is another word for nigga. Don't play with me. Sorry, <laughs> I, I think, it's just it's just so goddamn much. Like it just it's just fresh in my head right now because it just happened, and that's that's it's scary and it's frustrating because that's my fucking family. Yeah. It's two things you don't talk, don't fuck with my city and my family. So, whew, that's I, it. I wish I could drop the mic. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> what? Wait till later when you get the new mic. Right. <laughs> 
but everything you just said was right on and fucking perfect. Yeah, I'm just I'm really hot about it right now because like what what's going on with me right now is directly affected by that. What's going on yeah. with my family right now is directly affected by that. And uh, I'm just a little raw. And you know what? People need to fucking remember that, that when people are saying here's I mean, here's a whole other thing. But when people are saying like, oh, these protesters are just whiny snowflakes and uh, they're just upset about nothing. It's like, no, it's fucking lives on the line. It's it's up to and including murder. And but it's also, you know, incarceration can completely ruin your future chances in life. Yeah, it cripples you. It cripples you for the rest of your life. It's almost yeah. like being a sex offender, which yeah. our president is. OK, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. He is. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. it's like that where you're just branded for the rest of your life as a criminal. Because somebody well, thought you were. Jobs. You can't you can't get jobs. You can't live your life like a normal person. And we need to remember that our justice system is so fucked up that you can't just automatically assume that anybody that goes into it uh, committed a horrible crime because it can be, you know, (laughs) juvenile mistakes. Yeah, it could be just fucking drug possession. And you know what? I know I didn't want to get too personal on the podcast, but I'll talk more about why I'm so fucking upset about not that I shouldn't be upset. If you feel like my anger is unjustified, you can go fuck yourself too. But yeah, I, <laughs> I'll get more into detail the next time we record when we have time. Okay. I think we're reaching our limit right now. Well, everybody can uh, stay tuned for the next <laughs> episode where we'll tackle such really fun topics as the justice system. <laughs> yeah, but this is important. There's I, I honestly feel like, yeah, we try to be funny, but there are some things that just aren't. Right. There's some things that are too serious to make light of, especially when they're happening <laughs> within the first week. Yeah, within the first days. Within the first days of this man being in office. What's going to happen over the next four years, you know? so Unfortunately, White Devil Watch is not going to be uh, a fun and lighthearted part of the podcast. No, no. No. We probably should end with it. It's a very important part. (laughs) It's a very important part. And, and, you know, the best thing we can do right now while the First Amendment is still active is get as much education out there as possible. I mean, that's why we're doing this. That's what we believe in. We believe in facts and education. And at a time when apparently alternative facts can be a thing. Girl, yeah, we'll talk about that next time, too. (laughs) Alternative facts. So, you know, the people that are listening... AKA me and Jasmine. Uh, <laughs> we have to stop saying that because if we actually have listeners, they're probably. I know, we it's do. Like, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time you guys, we're going to continue White Devil Watch. We will talk a little bit more about uh, our personal connections to some of these issues. But the big thing that we're going to talk about, which I'm very excited about, is we're going to do a huge section on sex education. Yeah. And especially in days like today where reproductive rights are under attack, I think it's very important that we use education to protect ourselves if the law won't do it. Yeah. All right, yeah. guys. Well, we are going to get out of here. Going to get out of your hair. I think this is the shortest podcast we've done since we first started. You're welcome. I'm so proud of us. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in.
Thank we you. you. And follow us on We Podcast at We Podcast Facts on Twitter. We're making a Facebook page by We yep. we're, by We're Making It. It hasn't been made yet. So I'll it, do that. It will be. It will be, though. It'll be up. We'll be asking you to like it. So. And um, rate, view, subscribe, etc. Yes, yes, please. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.